0: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgan. I'm not judging these guys on size or color. I, I just think they were boring and dumb. Well, <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right,
1: we got Stanley Cup Finals to discuss, uh, but Lou, we just spent a half hour of going down memory lane uh, with with Chip Scoggins, just talking about watching sports as kids and chasing autographs. When when you were a kid or when you were growing up, did you did you ever seek autographs or? Uh, Look to meet some of your sports idols. Do you have any stories from when you were a kid?
4: Oh yeah, I uh, obviously I was a, a, a nut Detroit Red Wing fan, and they used to practice their pre the preseason their training camp was in Susie Marie, Michigan, at the Polar Stadium. So I take the ferry boat across. It was about a seven eight minute ride, and go there from when I was about seven years old, and and uh, I used to hang around the rink, and and, and then. One time, Mitra Presta and George G even give me a ride back, which I'll never forget. And I used to get, you know, autographs from those guys too. But they used to have this thing called Beehive Honey, and uh, you you buy a can of Beehive and you get a picture of the Maple Leaf, one of the Maple Leafs. So I used to, you know, my father had a little grocery store, and so I used to go through all this uh, Beehive stuff so I had everybody's picture forever. And then I was a big Tiger fan. And uh being the Detroit Tiger fan, I used to go to Detroit from when I was six years old, because my aunt and uncle lived in Detroit to when I was twenty I never missed a season. Wow. And by the time I was nine I was taking the bus alone at ten o'clock at night from Sioux, Michigan, across the Mackinac Straits where you had to take a a ferry boat there too and get in seven thirty in the morning. My uncle picked me up at Birmingham. I used to be scared like we just, uh, I sat behind that bus driver, at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock, we get to the Mackinac streets, and it's so dark and foreboding, I never let him out of my sight. But I'd go to the baseball games, and and, uh, and by the time I was 12, I was taking the streetcar uh, down Grand River alone to Brick Stadium, and I always wanted to get, uh, tag her autographs. And Reno Vittorio was from Windsor, Ontario, and he was playing the infield for Detroit, and I, I'd go to the doubleheaders. And I sat beside the Douglas all during the, uh, the delay, you know, the uh, time he waited between uh, games. And I got to talk to Bertori, and I said, Hey, I'm a Canadian like you are, and I'm an Italian like you are. you got to give me a baseball. You've got to give me a baseball. I need it for a souvenir, so he signed one for me.
3: Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. So, Lou, uh, t- take us through the first time that you played against the, the Wings and Gordy. What-, what was that like to be on the same ice as Gordy Howe?
4: Well, it was it was thrilling as could be. But I got to tell you, I'll I'll never forget the game we played them in Detroit because we didn't play them, you know, much of those games. It was one home, one away. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm I'm sitting beside J.P. Parisi in the locker room, and before the game, Blair comes in. He says, okay, he said uh, tonight he says, uh, Boudreaux, Collins, and Parisi, you go against Mohavich, uh, Howe, and Delvecchio. Now, just shut them down. We win this game. You should be able to shut them down. They're, old. they're They're, over the hill. You can do this. It's not a big deal. So we went out. We came back in. I'm sitting beside JP, and JP says to me, he says, Oh, I, I, I got to tell you, Louis, I thought I played really good. He, I said, You did. He says, I don't know what else we could have done. We lost 6-5. <laughs> Mohavlis got three. How <laughs> got two, and Delvecchio got one.
3: And the the incredible thing with with Howe was the the first time you you played him he probably was not young by then and, and he played until what eighty eighty one with Hartford something yeah, like that Kretzky that's was an incredible thing years old yeah
4: and the and the All Star game it was Gretzky's first All Star mm-hmm. game it was in Detroit Joe Louis Arena and I, I believe that was uh, eighty and uh, if if Gretzky doesn't get a hat trick and win the best player in the game Gordy's going to win it that's how good he played in that game. I'll yeah. never forget that, and and you know, and I remember the first time I went in the corner, and and sure as hell, just like you would expect, he gave me an elbow right in the head when I took him <laughs> in the boards. I mean, just you know, you you push back and do that stuff, but it just he just couldn't help himself. We were playing we were playing the last exhibition game of the season at Met Center, and I'm sitting with Wayne Connolly. We used to play twelve exhibition games in those days, so you'd get to sit out too. Well, Connolly and I had these. This game out, the last game of the season. We're playing Detroit, and Conley, you know, was a big scorer for the North Stars in the first year. And and this is like 68, 69 now. And and uh, we're playing Detroit, and, and how has got the puck, and he's, you know, making moves, got a lot of room. And Wayne turns to me and says, Louis, for crying out loud, if I got that much room, I'd score 50 goals. And it wasn't a second later. Hillman went to check him. He gave Hillman a spear in the throat. They took the stretcher. They took him off, and I turned to Wayne. I said, "That's why he gets that much rule." <laughs> exactly,
1: <laughs> uh, Louie, Last night, that Holby
4: save—that was—that
1: uh, that was an all-timer, wasn't it?
4: Oh my God! And he said, "You know," he said, "I just reacted, and he shot it into me." But I'll never forget when it, uh, playing against uh, Esposito, and you know, Phil—I mean Tony—and Tony was a great goaltender, and led the league in shutouts, and that, and he made the save on us right. I mean, just impossible like that. And after the game, we were in Chicago, and, and uh, he used to wait for me and then take me out for something to eat and a beer. I, say, I said, Bomby, I said, that was unbelievable. I can't believe that save you made. He said, Louis, one thing I've learned, never give up on the puck when you're a goaltender. Mm-hmm. You never know, so just keep going till the puck's over the line
3: and the first two games Lou, have, have been great. If you if now game 1 was certainly not a perfect game uh and there were defensive breakdowns and the goaltending was was questionable I guess to a degree at times but if if you're a a hockey official I think you've got to be thrilled by these first two games.
4: Well, you got to be it's over great. the moon by the first two yes. games. They were phenomenal. I don't care if it's 10-8 or one nothing. I mean, just the intensity, the hitting, the speed. I, you know, I, I'm not trying to run the nba down but i know where charles, charles bartley's coming from because that commercial breaks I, I turn over to the houston game and, and golden state and you know it's like slow moving you know and you go back to the other and it's, i mean it, it's, it's, it's been phenomenal for the fans i, I oh, just yeah? had a guy walk in I my office it. this morning he said you know i, I don't usually watch uh, the playoff hockey of the wilds not in he said i can't believe it i can't get away from the tv
3: uh, what what the Golden Knights have done, Lou? What do you think are are one or two things? Because I mean, this is a fun team and it, it's an incredibly fast team. What are teams now that are trying uh, to build themselves going to try and copy?
4: Well, everybody knows, and, and it's just been more apparent that you, you got to have speed, and 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 the more speed, the better. And then when you got the speed, you just got to—they're going to all, all want it. They try and do it anyway. You keep your gaps tight so you give the opposition no room to operate and then that's what what uh you know Washington did much better last night than they did in the first game. Uh you know, you don't see the uh, the Knights coming up, up bison into the defensive zone full speed and making plays. Washington last night I think had six odd man breaks and and, and Vegas had one.
3: hmm. Ovetkin, got a got a question that might sound crazy, but here's what I don't get about him. On the power play, if you, if you were designing a penalty kill and, and playing the the caps, why do you ever let him sit there? I, I, I don't know if it's a box in one or not, but I would, I would be much more content allowing the guy with the puck to just shoot the puck and and be almost uncovered. I, I'll never figure out why these teams let him set up there and, and then, and then, React after he gets the puck, Louis, because it's too late. <laughs> I know.
4: I see the same thing. By the way, I, I can't believe how many people are pulling for Ovechkin. It's really nice to see. All of a sudden, he's got a whole litany of new fans. People want him to win because he's done so much other stuff. It's never been that way. Mm-hmm. But when you when you watch the play, and it can't be a box, obviously, if you if you take one out of it, so you you almost got to play a diamond in one, and 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 you probably should. And like you said, Judd, let somebody else shoot the puck because even though you can't help it as a player, the puck's like a magnet, and you, and you just have a tendency to go cover those that you think are more dangerous, and they are more dangerous. Till Ovechkin moves right in that hole, and then he's the most dangerous. And and and, and you got to give it to the Caps for getting the puck through to him, like Backstrom and Kuznetsov when he's playing. Those guys make passes through traffic and on the stick, and it's gone before you know it. And uh, I agree with you. I mean, you know who's going to get the puck, so you might as well just put somebody on them and, and, and the rest of the, you know, play four and three, even though it takes your odds down 5%. It, it's got to put your odds up if you look at who scores goals in the power play. Yeah.
5: Uh,
1: Lou, how much have you followed this Brian Colangelo burner Twitter account story the last 24 hours?
4: Actually, I just, I just read it this morning on, uh, on Toronto's Athletic. Uh, I, I hadn't followed it at all. And, and uh, I, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, Phil, I, I think it's going to be embarrassing because they're going to do an investigation if they find out all those uh, uh, shadow accounts were his.
1: Yeah, well, and he and, and so there's five accounts. We know he admitted that two of them are his. Yeah. And now there's another story today that connects his wife's email address and phone number to three of the others. So it's either him or his wife. And my question just so you're 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 a savvy social media user here in 2018 if you had access to Twitter as a general manager or a player back in the day or if Twitter just existed in the way that it does now would you like would, would you have created accounts to follow activity well, how how would that have worked for you back in the day
4: No I I I, I still like the phone and in uh, the conversation to find out what I want to find out you know I I I I like to hear firsthand. I don't like to, you know, have the rumor mill tell me what what they think is going on.
3: And Lou, I do think teams are smart if they have accounts to uh, to actually f- find out what the beat guys are are pu- putting out there. I think that's wise. Where this to me is so interesting is to actually potentially have have the, these accounts trying to trying to contact the beat guys and people that cover the team and get their their side of the story out that's where it crosses a line that's very weird
4: well yeah I don't know if you guys remember when you know I I mean <laughs> telecommunications changes so rapidly but when Twitter and, and uh, Facebook and all that stuff first started some of the NHL general in fact uh, Lamarillo for sure they they don't want their they don't want their, their their players on it at first you know they were saying stay off it because it, usually it could only lead to bad things if if you're going to be a follower that's going to be very sensitive and and start getting reactive to what's said or written and and then it's going to take away from your concentration
1: and and in this case it just if all of this adds up it seems like insecurity is the uh is yeah. the, the the core problem here i mean that's that's the type of job i would think that it's a really hard to block out what people think of you, but B, it's a prerequisite to be successful, right? You just, you can't care.
4: Well, you, you really, you know, you, you can care, but you can't react. Right. Uh, you know, everybody's going to care. They could say they don't care and they don't read. Well, they, everybody cares. There's nobody that's just granite that has no no kind of uh, uh, feelings. They, they all got some, and they react differently to how they have it. Some, some people, uh, and you hope, the, the most of the people realize it's part of the business, and and uh, you know I used to tell people, I, and they'd say, "How do you react to this and that, and that?" And I said, "You know, in all my life, I've never found a job where you make a lot of money and have no pressure." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so that's part of the deal. You got to you got to understand that. And and if you start reacting negatively to it or just get consumed by it, the good things are not going to happen for you. Yeah. You 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 got to do your job, and and be respectful of. What it entails and and understanding of things that, that go with the job and and when when you cross the boundaries on that, then it's not going to be good.
3: That being said, Louis, how d- difficult would it be to be a sports executive today with all, all of, you know, the stuff that's out there and the coverage is tenfold now and your players are on, on Twitter and Snapchat and Facebook and their wives are too. How difficult would, would that be with, because, you know, every time somebody gets disgruntled now, there's a potential that that player or a person in their family is going to uh, put that out there somewhere.
4: Well it's got to be really difficult, and especially for guys like Lamarillo that want to keep everything uh, secret which is his style, which is nothing wrong with that, and the loyalty in that this has got to be really a huge change for him and but for everybody i you know uh, it it got it started to change a lot in in the eighties when agents really got involved like uh, Sonmor might play somebody and not play somebody. A couple of shifts by the time I get to the locker room, not the locker room, my office, the phone's ringing. It's that guy's agent saying, "If they're not going to play him, trade him." That never used to happen before. And if you ever made those threats before, when you had, you know, when the league really controlled everything and the players didn't have many rights, that guy be down to minors and maybe we never get back. And 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 it started to change at that time, and then it just got progressively worse. And now, I mean, you're not only hearing from agents, you hear from parents. I, I'm i not going to say what player it was, but I had a player and his wife come in. The player never said anything. He said, we, and she said, we want to be traded. I said, who wants to be traded? We want to be traded. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. I said, you got to be kidding me. He said, why? Well, you know, we think that the the coach really doesn't like X, Y, Z guy. And I said, for your information, he's his favorite player. And I had to trade the guy. And and. and I'm serious. He never opened his mouth.
3: Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it's not surprising, it, though.
4: No, it, it is. So I can imagine in yeah. today's age what goes on. It, it's 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 way worse. Yeah.
1: Wow. Hey, great stuff today, Lou. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Louie.
4: Nice to talk to you guys. Hey, yeah, next Friday because I'm be I, I got to give some talks in Austin, Texas on Wednesday and Thursday. So we'll gladly accommodate. You got it. All okay. right. Talk, talk to you talk Friday, you All All right. Right.
1: Lou, Lou Nanny uh, weekly guest telling stories. That's, uh, yeah, I w- there's just so many things that, as a GM today... Oh, it'd be a pain. Totally empathize with how difficult it is and how much more pressure there is and how much quickly guys get fired and there's media, but doesn't really excuse the fact that you've created five burner Twitter accounts. And, oh, no, of course not. Cool. It's uh, still funny. Talk to the bloggers and the journalists. Yes, you're correct. Uh, we'll have Royce Smalley in about an hour and 15 minutes from now. Let's talk first about Chris Lindahl there. I saw it. Yep. Yeah, Chris Lindall. Saw that Chris Lindall spot in there. Uh Chris Lindall actually if you if you go find his social media accounts, go find his Facebook account. He has a pretty big announcement that him and his team just made yesterday and uh, we'll talk more about that I think next week on uh, on these airwaves, but uh a pr- pretty big announcement just for not only for his company but for the scope of real estate in the Twin Cities. Uh, in the meantime, go to com. That's Chris with a K if you want access to thousands more homes available than you think when you just go online. If you're in the market to buy, let's you've, you've, you've got the selling part down. It's a seller's market. You've sold your home or or you know that your home is going to sell pretty quickly because that's the way things are going right now. Uh, but you want to make sure that you, you get into that home that you and your family love. Well, don't miss out on thousands more homes than are available when you just go online the old way. ChrisLindall.com That's
0: Chris with a K or 7 7- Mackie and Judd now continue.
4: I'll be more excited than this. On
0: 1500 ESPN. Thanks, Dave. We'll uh,
1: get to Roy Smalley in like an hour. Maybe, I mean, we've already exhausted all discussions about Byron Buxton. (laughs) I was going to say, what else? Can we go on Buxton with him? Uh, We've kind of stumbled into a little throwback Thursday talker here when Chip came in. Autograph seeking as a kid. Uh, twins Anonymous tweeted in. What did What did he tweet?
3: He said that that his first aut- autograph that he got was a former Twins. Actually, he his baseball card was a catcher. I don't remember him ever catching a game when I saw him play. He was DHing on a full time basis by then. His name was Jose Morales. And as uh, Twins didn't
1: the, tw- didn't the Twins have? Jose?
3: They had another. They had another. I think a- they had another one. Uh, there was a Jose Morales in like two thousand seven yes. or something. But this was nineteen seventy seven or so. And uh, it's just, it's funny because as a kid, these guys sign your uh, baseball or a piece of paper or a card and you're like, this is so great, I'm I'm getting all these. And then as an adult, you're like, that that guy hit about 176 or something. That guy hit about 203.
1: You know, I'll bet if you went and looked, when I went to Twins Fest and waited three hours for Kirby Puckett's autograph, we also, like my dad was, my dad took me, so we... Uh, I, I know it, we, we went up to Wayne Terwilliger, got a Wayne Terwilliger autograph. Yeah. This is like 1993. Sure. And my dad talked with Wayne Terwilliger for, I don't know, because he he used to be a Cubs player, right? Least, Back
3: in the
2: day, yeah. I think he was, yeah. So my
1: dad grew up watching Wayne Terwilliger. But, you know, there's probably an Al Newman signature on that ball. And that's great. You know, Al Newman, mm-hmm. as a kid, Al Newman's great. He's Al Newman. Yeah, he plays all the time. It's like, oh, who's this scrappy utility second baseman that signed my baseball? I had uh, Scott Stahoviak sign one of those <laughs> balls at one point devaluing again, devaluing the ball right, by now. Pat Mears, and as a kid, it's like, oh, yeah, the starting yeah. first baseman for the Twins. The more autographs, the better. And now it's like, wait a second, do I have a Pat Mears name next to Kirby Puckett yeah. on a baseball? And just the Puckett thing would now would,
3: would, would be great. The The best thing about youth is is you're so naive at the time, though. I used, to, I used to send baseball cards. I used to mail them to teams for players to sign, and at the time they come back, you're so thrilled. Oh, my gosh, this came back from the Oakland A's. And now you're like, there's no way that guy signed that card. Was it a stamp
1: signature? No. It's
3: got to be a clubhouse kid, right? Yeah.
1: It's like, <laughs> But but you're so thrilled to get it back. Uh, let's go to uh, Pat in Golden Valley. Hi, Pat
6: in Golden Valley. Uh, well, I'm on the road, and I was listening. and he, uh, Jose Morales was involved in one of the five greatest uh, moments in Twins history. Uh, he was the right-handed DH, and Glenn Adams was the left-handed DH. So Jose would play against lefties and uh Jose uh, was the guy who scored from second before Disco Danny Ford scored from third, causing <laughs> one of the uh, the great moments in Twins history. That was uh, as Disco Danny backed up towards home plate and waved enthusiastically for Jose to come home and slide and then realize he hadn't touched old blade yet. So okay. that was, that was, uh, that was the night we found Mox sitting in the middle of the manager's office with a pile of steam. <laughs> and he was, he was gone. I think Brinkman was a. Uh, I think Joe Brinkman was the umpire who had to break the news to manager Block that uh, uh, Disco Danny disc of Danny hadn't touched home plate yet, even though he was at third. The slow footed Jose was at second, and uh, that was uh, that was a wonderful moment.
1: Did you collect autographs when you were a kid?
6: No, never did. Never did. I was not not really into it. Uh I I don't know why. I just I just I guess I knew I was gonna be a sports writer. I don't know why I was going to say, me. maintain objectivity.
3: You even were crusty 10 years from the age of five. <laughs>
6: <laughs> My bride did, however. My bride was uh a uh, would go to Milwaukee Braves games with her brother who was a baseball nut and she would chase uh, Henry Aaron and Warren Spahn, and all these people around with autographs, yeah, when she was like nine or ten years old. So,
1: Warren Spahn, I got a Warren Spahn. When did Warren Spahn pass away? I'm trying to time this oh, up.
6: Oh, 15 years ago, man. Okay, so this one would have great, been... One of the great guys who ever lived in a World War II fighter.
1: Yeah. You know. He was, I got his autograph in 2001, so it must have been right right near the end there. At uh, He was signing somewhere outside Cooperstown during, it was during the, who got in, at the, who got in Dave Winfield, I guess. The Dave Winfield yeah. Hall
0: of Fame. Same way, yeah.
1: Cool. Where are you? Where are you? You filling up the gas tank, or what are you doing? (laughs) No, I I just had to pull into a spot.
6: But I got to tell you, Warren Spahn, uh, the uh, traveling secretary for the Milwaukee Braves, and then later for the Atlanta Braves, was a little person, a small person, Donald Davidson, Mm -hmm. who was one of the greatest smart Alex of all time. Okay, he was a mouthy little sob, and. And the Braves loved to play pranks on him, especially Birdette and Spa. And they'd get in the elevator, and he'd always have the suite on the top floor, and nobody'd press the button for him, you know. And they'd press all the buttons and make <laughs> him stop at all the other floors because <laughs> he he was a small person. And uh, they also famously would. Uh, they had a trash bucket that they would, a big trash barrel that they put out in center field and and put him in and take his pants off and put him in the, you know, <laughs> you know tore in, in the bucket during batting practice and things like that. <laughs> uh, but he would get revenge by putting them in the smallest rooms he could find and all that stuff like that. But uh yeah, Spawn was uh I, I got to beat him a few times. He was a hell of a guy. Hey so, but Pat, anyway, so Pat, Pat anyway, Jose Morales should not Pat, be forgotten.
3: Pat, tell tell the, the rest of the story though. So Ford screws up, the run is out or
6: and and what Ford, did Mock uh, Ford doesn't touch home. Yep. Mock uh comes walking out of the dugout. Yep and uh as he's walking by ford he says leave <laughs> and and it's ford's walking back with his head down and then he gets out the brinkman and says did i see what i think i just saw and he said yeah he didn't he didn't touch home plate uh gene <laughs> and then then Court is gone after the game, and and Mox closed, and Mox gone too. Just as just his unity sitting there, I can't imagine how many cocktails he had that night. <laughs> oh, I love that story! Awesome.
3: All right, thanks, All right, Patrick. Soon, Bye. 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 Pat in Golden Valley. That's so. I love that part though.
1: Leave, uh, go home. Old school baseball stories are pretty hard. Pretty hard they to. They used to man. take
3: a short guy and put him in a bucket in center field. Think about that now. <laughs> That's, uh,
1: that's a wild, wildly uh, <laughs> insensitive in today's,
2: today's society. <laughs> Dave, what do you have for stuff next? Steve Kerr on what it was like to guard Michael Jordan, goose problems in Detroit, and an update from the Tiger Woods first round of the memorial desk. Oh, boy. Probably not going well. Well, we'll find out. Mackie and Judd are back
0: after this brief timeout. Go, come on, we're waiting. On 1500 ESPN, the Net. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. You'll find us most uncooperative. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
2: And stuff you should know about is sponsored by KFC this summer. Get a KFC Extra Crispy $20 fill-up meal. Includes eight pieces of Extra Crispy Chicken, plus all the fix-ins. This offer is not everywhere and not forever. Prices may vary. Tax and substitutions extra...
3: Mackie and Judd Show, give me a go-no-go for stuff you should know about. Hosts, go. Producer, we're go. Technical, go. Music, go. Volume, go. The actual stuff, we are go. Control, we are a go. You are clear to launch stuff you should know about.
6: We are go for launch. Woo!
3: Goose problems in Detroit is probably my favorite story of last night, Dave Harrigan. Yes, you, uh, you I saw love, the video. I
2: love this story. Well, yes. we will get to it, but first, I think we need to start right here. And now, Phil Mackey does everything he can to ignore reality and defend a hero of his youth. Despite knowing in his heart that hero is broken beyond repair. Now, certainly Tiger Woods has not been broken beyond repair lately, making the cut at tournaments, you know, even on the weekends, playing well. So, first round of the memorial, Uh, let's find out how he's doing. Let's go to the update desk with intern Max, who has been living and dying with every shot on his laptop here. I can't blame Max. I've avoided this so far today, so... Fire yeah, away, you know. Max. The PJ Tour Live app
5: is a beautiful little app you can get. Uh Tiger Woods. Did an endorsement there. Two Sounds like it. Tiger Woods, two over for the day. Okay. Battling back started four over uh through nice. through nine. And uh he's currently now two over. He just birdied on uh he started on the back nine, so he'll be on the Third hole because he just birdied the second. Why
2: why was he four over? Talk talk to me about the out of bounds shot.
5: So I'll tell you this: he he, He like ripped one right off the tee or something. Yeah, went right into a guy's backyard and he (laughs) had had a totally re tee. And that guy's got a souvenir for life now. But yeah, he bogeyed uh, a two par fives. One of them he bogeyed. Another one he double bogeyed. So and normally normally kills the par fives. Actually struggling heavily today. Oh my! Yeah,
1: you know what though? Lull him to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> Who, who's, who's winning right now? What's the leading score? How many, off, how
5: many off the lead is it? Bull Hostlers six under. You know, no. that's that's gettable for Tiger. <laughs> it really is. It's gettable. He's only eight back. Keep going, he's, got, he's
1: got three and a half Keep rounds going.
5: left. He just needs to stick around, get back to even par for the day. He's yeah, got hang two around. More, he's got two more par fives left today. Yep, you can't win the tournament on, on Thursday.
2: No, but, but you know, but you, Just don't lose it. Just
5: don't lose it.
1: Yeah.
2: Just don't lose it. So he'll be eight back by the end of the day, 12 by tomorrow, and... He'll well, make, you know, oh, listen. He was he'll like make four, that
1: weekend run. It he was fourteen back. Uh, what was it? Uh, the Masters, or what, no? A couple weeks ago. No, the players. The Players. The players, players. Yes. Yeah. He,
5: he wasn't even going to get in, and then Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth both bogeyed to finish up the day, and that allowed him to get in. And yeah,
1: then, I mean, he pretty much he was fourteen back and pretty much won that tournament. Yeah, I mean, take out the oh, first two days. Yeah, just you take out in a, a couple shots on Sunday. Mm, let's
3: see. Pretty I'm much. Gonna, I'm going to look up the term delusional while you guys are talking. <laughs> Pretty much. I thought,
2: oh yeah, he likes the dirt instead. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh
1: yeah. Quick.
4: Can't quite get that launch angle down yet. Huh? Working it. Nope. He ain't going anywhere. No. Worked all night to get these seats. And he's going to perch in left field. Nope. There he goes. He gone. <laughs> he's in cruise control now.
2: Oh. Ran into the scoreboard. Down goes the goose. Oh, oh It was so sad. Tigers, Angels, <laughs> Detroit. Last night, delayed by the goose, loose in the outfield. All the grounds crew people s- uh, sprinting around, trying to get that goose to finally take off and fly out of the stadium, only to fly directly into one of the ribbon scoreboards oh, that surrounds. Did it? The- did it live? Or so? It- uh, well, the update is the goose hit. Fell down into the, into the seats. And that's the last thing I saw. The goose is alive, at least as reported by the Tigers. There is a they they caught it on video later on, uh, whatever channel carries Tigers games. I don't know. A fan literally holding the goose like a football, tucked under her yeah. arm, under her left arm, with her right arm then kind of around the goose's head and neck to, I assume, not get pecked to death or whatever a goose uh-huh. will do. Yeah, to you? We'll
3: support it. Yeah. Yes,
2: to you know, she was trying to help. The it goose. was injured. Yes, and later the Tigers did report that the goose had been taken out of the stadium, let free. The uh, goose was fine. Ten day DL for that goose for but sure. Man, though. that goose went down hard.
3: Woo! And it fell in into the stands and there was a person sitting there. Like and an older fir- couple. Yeah, and at first they just like <laughs> they looked at the goose and the goose is like and that that was it. There's no one around and it's like
2: three seats away. Yeah. Hey Han. <laughs> There's a goose. Hey, Aflac, right? <laughs> Aflac. No, that's, that's a duck. <gasps> I'm a goose. Uh, so, yeah, U.S. Bank <laughs> Stadium getting a raw, raw deal on the bird killing here. Let's take it to America. <laughs> that's a great point. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> NBA Finals kickoff tonight. 8 o'clock tips, 7 o'clock coverage right here on 1500 ESPN. Steve Kerr coaches the Golden State Warriors. I don't know if you're aware. He used to play with Michael Jordan. Yeah, he totally did. Before that, he used to play against Michael Jordan when Kerr was a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And he was asked, what was that first memory you have of when you had to step on the court and realize, "Uh uh-oh, you have to guard Michael Jordan? I do remember, though, when the first time I guarded him when I was in Cleveland, he, f- he faked right, faked back left, and went right, and I stayed right in front of him, but only because I went for the first fake. And we came to the bench, and Lenny Wilkins said, guys, did you see what Steve just did? He stayed in front. That's what you have to do. I said, that's right, guys. Come on. I was, I was literally still going for the first fake, and he came right back to me. so that was my highlight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's I, I I thought that uh, TNT's removal of the the video of Steve Kerr giving Kevin Durant the hey when I play with Michael pep talk was a little overly sensitive. Sounds like Steve Kerr or someone with the Warriors. Did you see the video that uh, I'm talking about, like from I last think so. week, yeah, where he's explaining to Kevin Durant. Yeah, I saw that. Hey, when Show I play with Michael, yeah, he yep. passed to his teammates more often than you do, basically. But um. it was in a softened way. And it was up for maybe a half hour on TNT's Twitter, and someone with the Warriors contacted TNT apparently and said, "Ah, uh, that makes Kevin Durant look bad." That's Steve Kerr telling him basically that like he's not, not as good as Michael oh, Jordan it was, at just doing his teammates. So, I yeah. loved it. I did great video. Good. Yeah. It was a
2: great coaching moment. It was. Uh, ESPN's baseball writer David Sch- David Schoenfeld has decided to unveil his way too early All Star rosters, boys. Uh-huh. It's not not so good for the Twins. They don't have a lot of lot of uh, people representing the old ball club. Who do you think it is? Wow.
1: Uh, well, Eddie Rosario could be an all star. He could be. Um, um, could be. you could put you could put a pitcher in there somewhere? Say, They've got, a, got some
3: pitching. Is it a
2: starting pitcher? Would it be a starting? pitcher? Mean, it could pitcher? be Odorizzi. Odorizzi, Addison Reed. Incorrect and incorrect. He is going with Jose Barrios okay. so as your lone's lone twins representative right now on the yeah, American you League All Star staff. You could go there. there. There's a few pitchers you could. I would have said
1: Fernando Romero until last night. not so much now. To chisel that ERA how, back down. How
3: about an agreement is put in place right now? The AL Central. Nobody goes. Oh, well, Kluber's gotta go. Okay, he can go from Cleveland. But everybody else the Twins, the Tigers, the White Sox, Kansas City, they are they get nobody. What about Nico Goodrum?
2: He's playing pretty well, isn't he? Stop. It is uh, the worst rule in sports, right? That you have to represent every single yeah. team. Stupid! And it's, oh.
1: it's, it's embarrassing for the, like, the. There's that one example well, of many, probably for the Royals from ten or twelve years ago, where Mark Redmond, who also pitched for the Twins yes, at one point, had to go. Mark Redman is standing there, so it's they're introducing all these just lights out star pitchers, Pedro Martinez, and you know, and and here's Mark Redmond with a five ninety ERA, nineteen ninety nine, got five
3: wins. So let's put him in, in the All-Star Boston. Game. Representing the Minnesota Twins, third yeah, baseman Ron Kuter. Ronnie C. love him. Yo, great right guy. In the middle of the
1: steroid era, and the Twins couldn't get a guy past 16 homers.
2: Woo! <laughs> 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 oh, uh, hockey night in Canada is always fun. Don Cherry wearing a fun suit last night, green suit with just a basically a, uh, cards all over, playing cards all over. Sure. It was, it was mm-hmm. very, uh, very lovely. Anyway, they're... I believe this was in between periods, a little coach's corner there, breaking it down. And then they decided to talk about Quebec. Quebec and how they need a team back in Quebec. And, well, Gary Bettman just happened to be sitting over there. Not not on, on screen yet, but he was hanging out with the boys. And he was going to go slap them on the back after their segment was done and shake hands and welcome everybody to the Stanley Cup Finals. And Don Cherry decided, you know what? It's time to bring Gary into the conversation.
4: Quebec. Is unbelievable to me. There's never been a rivalry in hockey or any sport like Quebec and and Montreal. I would say, let's say, and I think they've been very good. They've been keeping their mouth shut. They have not been saying a word. And they say, well, I know somebody come out and said they shouldn't be in there. They had eighteen thousand people. They got a brand new building. They're ready to go. I think it's fantastic. They say they don't have uh, they don't have companies. They have uh, video, tri- what you, video. Do video. You platform. want to come
0: in? Yes, come in. <laughs> It, yeah, come on him. in. Anyhow, Dawn's I picking think, up on. Come on in, Gary. Yes, ask him about we're Quebec. Up
2: on, on Quebec, Don wants <laughs> Quebec back in the national hockey. League, and of course, Jeremy Jacobs. What do you I say?
4: Know. I think they deserve it. I really do. And uh, I, a lot I, of uh,
2: lot of
3: issues, logistical, otherwise. And Mister Jacobs expressed an opinion of some skepticism, but we're not in a process right now, and he has one vote. That's good, he has one vote. Well, I, I have a pretty good vote anyhow. And I, I, I just me. came to say hello to you, not to get. Into well, the debate. Right, you're in it here now. I, 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 can't I can't believe that jacket. A beautiful jacket. Beautiful. That never... Oh, that's <laughs> Gary. Gary's not real good at that type of spontaneous, let's have fun type. I think let's... we have enough teams in Canada. There's plenty of
1: teams in Canada. None of them ever win the Stanley Cup. Half of them miss well, the playoffs. One of them's got the best player in hockey that no How's one there knows a dollar about now
3: too. Because their their dollar rebounded for a while a few years back, and then and then it went down again. Their thing though is, as I've said, if you're going to do it, if you're going to Quebec, move a team there.
1: Why don't you just make a new done league? with expansion? Just make a new league. I'm done let's with expansion. Put, let's a Thunder Bay. Let's put them everywhere. Let's have a. We can have a a Canadian Canadian league and a U.S. league, and then they can play each other like the old. Take the Florida Panthers
3: or the Carolina Hurricanes and move them. I don't care about that. that. No more expansion, except for Seattle's going to get a team within the next couple of years. Uh, Roy Smalley in about
1: 45 minutes. Matthew Collar. We've got. We didn't get to this yesterday. We've got NFL football power index rankings. (laughs) At some point, where do the Vikings
0: fall? Uh, Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Hang on a second. On 1500 ESPN. Uh, Mackie and Judd are back. One of the most absurd things you can do in sports media. On 1500 ESPN.
2: Get your Independence Day off to a running start with the Red, White & Boom TC Half Marathon Relay. And 5K on July 4th. Come out to Boom Island Park for the Twin Cities Summer Tradition. Get your run and first picnic of the holiday under your belt. If you're at the lake or out of town, that's not a problem. You can run the virtual Red, White, and Boom wherever you are celebrating. For more details and to register, visit 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events.
1: Thank you, David. I got a little, little Twins trivia question for you here. So, I feel like they're wasting a pretty good starting pitching staff this year. Last night excluded. Last night was a disaster for Fernando Romero, but this is one of their best starting staffs at least through the first two months of the season in several years. Just they they don't have the Johan at the top, uh, but but they've got they've got a bunch of guys with ERAs under 4 right now in that starting staff. Until last night, they had four starting pitchers with ERAs somewhere in the 3s. Uh-huh. I don't think anyone's in the 2s, but Barrios, Gibson, Odorizzi, and then Romero, it's now it's back up over 4, but until last night it was under 4. And all of those guys are striking out a batter per inning, at least. So all of them are sort of career strikeout rates for sure for Gibson. When's the last time a twin <laughs> starting staff had f- had four starting pitchers? Not a trivia
3: question. It's a mind bender. Yes, keep
0: going.
1: With an ERA below four and made it, and all of them made at least 10 starts in a season. And can you name the four?
3: Oh, I'm lucky <laughs> if I can name the year. Oh,
1: You get to the year and then I'll have you name the four. Or try to name them.
3: All one. right, just off the top of my head, um, I'm just trying to think back to Twins teams that are actually pretty doggone good. 2006 Twins? Mm-mm. Hold on, let me make let me make this. This efficient. might be. I might whiff on this completely. So it's pre. It's it's before that. It's. I mean, if there's if that's not the case, there might not be one in the 2000s that qualified. Well, then the 90s teams were awful, aside from 92. That was a good team. Keep going. It's a very good team. <laughs> Ninety-two was pretty close. Eighty-seven. You no. Wait, wait, wait. You had Viola, who was good, and you had Blyleven, but you didn't have much behind them. So it probably wasn't that. Oh, 88. or nine. A- Eighty-nine.
1: Okay. <laughs> Eighty-nine. The last time the Twins had four starting pitchers, and now okay, it, and now they have now they have three of them below four. But okay. I think I think Romero will get back there. Vi- Viola. Yep.
3: Alan Anderson. Yep. Who won the ERA title? If I'm not mistaken, by sitting out his last start, which was really BS. <laughs> that was a real, real chicken bleep move on his part.
1: Not very Ted Williams like. No, it was but not. Ted Williams had a double header on the last day of the 1941 season. Yep. Bad. He came into the into the double header batting what 402 or
3: 403 he or something. was right around it. Yep, and said I'm playing. And I, I think I think his
1: name wasn't in the lineup when he
3: got to the ballpark or something, and he yeah, said, "Teddy BS. Ballgame," said, "I'm playing. I'm mm-hmm. playing these games." Skip. Not
1: Alan Anderson.
3: Viola Allen Anderson, eighty nine twins, eighty nine twins. That's pre. Obviously, Jack Morris was not there yet. Didn't come till ninety one. Throwback um, Thursday
1: in full effect for us today.
3: Um, that was eighty nine. Was Les Straker was gone by then? I'm sure. Uh, one of them is more known for his
1: relief pitching career. And he made made a bunch of starts
3: and had an ERA below four that year. He's more known for his relief pitching career. A closer, or just a—he uh, was a
1: closer eventually.
3: Aggie, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what happened then? L- look at Frankie's Frankie V starts because he pitched up until July July 31st, and they made the deal at the deadline with the okay. Mets. And Aguilera joined him on the back, so end. it barely counts. So it barely counts because Frank was Frank had had the the contract problems with the Twins, and I think on opening day. 89, he basically said, I'm gone. And then at the deadline that year, they made the big deal with the Mets. So this is an asterisk. Yes, so definitely They're not even is. in the same rotation. And it's then, not then a full Roy, season.
1: Roy Smith was the other one.
3: Oh, Roy Smith.
1: Yeah. Royce, I should have gotten Roy Smith. But like the general point here is, this is, you could make a case, this is one of the best pitching staff, starting pitching staff, they've put together in 30-plus years. Yes. And they're sitting seven games below 500 because they can't get a hit. And When they
3: get hits, they give up nine runs. First, so so this was a six-game trip on which the Twins went one and five. First five games, so pre-last night, starting pitchers, thirty-two and two-thirds, thirty-one hits, nine runs, eight walks, thirty-one strikeouts. Yeah, you'll take 2. that Two point four eight. Yeah, you'll take ERA. that all day. Yep, those starts were absolutely great, and and in those games, you lost all but one.
1: Yeah, you're. Oh so, yeah. This is if, if you would have said going in, hey. Barrios, Gibson, Odorizzi, and this really, they're going to call Fernando Romero up too, and he's mostly going to be, through five starts anyways, dominant. And they're all going to be, the strikeout rates are going to be up, Gibson's going to find this wipeout slider. You, and then, okay, what do you think the, the record is, or where do you think they're at? You'd say, well, certainly not seven games below five hundred. No,
3: 500. no if, you, if you told me that, that scenario, including the fact that Gibby was going to go from being a... a Liability in the first half of last year. To pretty competent in the second half to now striking guys out. I would say we're dealing with a team that's near first place, if not in first place, and I would say we're dealing with a team that's 7 to 10 games above, 500.
1: Yep. And uh, and, and now, like the, it is good for them that they get the Indians because if, you got to go toe-to-toe with them at some point and just figure it out now. Just figure it out. Either take three out of four well, yeah. and be back in this thing, or, yeah, I think it's gonna be or just... Get wiped out. Now they don't have to face Corey Kluber. They're going to face the Indians four times, and Corey Kluber will not be one of them. But this, uh, what Bieber? Something Bieber? Justin Bieber's cousins pitching tonight. He has a. He made ten starts between Double A AA and Triple A for the Indians. He's one of their best pitching prospects. Yes, had like a one point oh two ERA. So they're calling up one of their best pitching prospects to pitch. Shane. In this Bieber. game tonight. Shane. Shane Bieber. of course. Shane Bieber. Yeah. I don't think he went Make through a stadium. quarter life crisis in which he. Got arrested a few times for speeding in his neighborhood, but we'll find out tonight. Um, Football Power Index from ESPN.com is out. Roy Smalley will join in a half hour. Matthew Collar is on the schedule. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast
0: Studios. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Way too many words. On 1500 ESPN.